Yeah. Uh, two-tone, the podcast, it's the livest. Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans. Better tune in, this the podcast you want. Hosted by my big homie, Ryan Morland. Mariota throwing bombs, he don't ever miss. Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six. Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Dory Jackson, this where we get it cracking. Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast. Two-Tone, hey, tune in. Welcome to Two-Tone Uncensored, the best damn Tennessee Titans podcast out there. I'm your host, Ryan Moreland. Big game today, folks. I'm sorry for the show being out this late. I apologize about that. Things getting hectic, but but we're getting the show out there before this matchup here with the Dallas Cowboys. So we have like a lot to go over, a lot to cover here. So it's probably going to be a little long of an episode, but... That's alright, I know you guys enjoy it, and I enjoy sitting here doing it. So, um, first thing, coming up on 100, the 100th episode coming up soon, uh, really excited about that, gonna try to bring a lot of people on, and do a lot of different things, uh, so definitely be uh, on the lookout for that. But before we get into the 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 Dallas Cowboys and talk about that, um, obviously I want to talk about last week's game with the Chargers. And I want to talk about uh, some things that happened, you know, leading into the bye week and uh, obviously the trade deadline as well. So let's start off with this Charger game. A really tight ball game against a really good football team. I I said on the last episode how it was going to be difficult to play against the Chargers. It's a very good football team. Phillip Rivers is a very good quarterback. The running game, even though we didn't end up seeing Melvin Gordon, it was still... They had a success running the ball against us, and, and you saw it in this game. I think our defense played really well. I do. I, I think we did. You know, holding an offense like that to 21 points, uh, giving the offense a chance to win, and we had a chance to win. You know, it, they played well. Our defense overall played well. It just it, The big plays, man. And it's been like this all year is – we will, if you try to throw the ball 15 yards or less against this Titans defense, good luck. Good fucking luck. It ain't happening. This is one of, the, probably the best defense in the league at pass plays under 20 yards. And probably the best. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke up our asses. People that listen to the show know I, I tend to be very realistic. But it is a, a difficult defense to move the ball against if you're trying to do it at short clips at a time. That's why we have a lot of success against bad quarterbacks. So we have a lot of success against Blake Bortles. But when you take the ball deep on this defense, you're going to score touchdowns, and it's aggravating. It's aggravating to no end when you see a safety out of position, when you see Malcolm Butler playing too aggressive in his zone and not playing up in his zone and, and getting beat over the top, which... Is is like I mean to be fair, Malcolm Butler is the cause of like sixty percent of the deep balls of this season, and and it's it's aggravating, and it's I don't think it's because he's like bad, he's not getting burned, he's not, but he's he's plays too aggressive, he plays up and lets the deep guy get under him. He sees the quarterback, he, he's looking at the quarterback's eyes too much in zone, and he'll see the quarterback look at the underneath route and then throw over top. Go back and watch Philip Rivers throw on deep passes. He looks at the underneath route, and then he throws over top. And he does it almost all the time. It's something that Philip Rivers likes. To, I mean, he's a smart quarterback. He looks elsewhere, but on that, that deep pattern, he likes to look short and throw long. 
and it it pulls defenders down. And that's exactly by design what that play is supposed to do. And they ran into perfection against us. So, you know, they score on big plays. We shut them down on short plays. And we did that for the most part throughout this game. The one big knock I have on our defense this week, other than the deep passes beating us, was just not getting enough pressure. Only two sacks. We weren't getting a lot of QB hits. We weren't getting a lot of pressure. Um, you know, this is something that the Titans kind of go back and forth on this year. We either seem like amazing and we're in the backfield on every play, or we're just not that great. I mean, like two sacks isn't terrible. It's just... Well, I would have liked more hurries. I would have been okay with two sacks if we got more pressure and more hurries. Especially on those deep passes that take longer to uh, to get a, just to get a player downfield. He has to set in the pocket longer. We didn't get a, a, do a good job of getting enough pressure. We did a lot of plays where we will drop back eight or seven players. And, we're, and we just like let them have all this time in the pocket. And then we're not covering. I think we need to be a team that blitzes more often. We have talent. To get to the backfield, we have guys like Arakpo and Morgan, and you bring in young guys like Cruikshank has been doing a good job, Harold Landry, obviously. You bring in guys like that, I think we're better in the pass rush at this point, or getting close to, than we are in the secondary. We have, I don't know, I think talent wise, we're still better in the secondary. It's just not coming together as a unit, and I think we do a really good job in the pass rush, so I'd like to see us use it more, be a little more aggressive in the blitz. And I think those problems will shape themselves out. Offensively, we could have moved the ball better, but I don't think we did a, a horrible job at it. Um, oh, another guy, uh, Correa, that I forgot to mention in that pass rush. A young man that's been really playing lights out. A great pickup for us. Uh, but you saw Tajay Sharp have a big game. And, you know, I, I've been people get too high on Tajay. And I, I've said this for a while now. Um... I don't think he's, you know, there was that talk about, when the ESPN wrote that article, a talk about a trade where we'd trade him and a fourth round pick to get Golden Tate, which obviously never happened, um, and, and Golden Tate moved on, but uh, that was a good trade for us. That was such a good trade that the Lions never would have done that. Um, but Tajay has stepped up when Corey Davis had seven targets in this game, three catches. Corey Davis has a hard time gaining separation. He has great body control, great hands. He even works well without the ball, or with, sorry, works well with the ball in open field. He just doesn't get separation. He runs clean routes. He's just not. He's not burner quick. He's not super deceptive, which you have to be as a big guy or to use your body well. And he uses his body to catch well, but not great. Like, if you look at, and he needs to be great. With his size, his speed, that's what he needs to be great at. And Delaney Walker is, like, the perfect guy to learn from. I've said this before on the show. Delaney Walker uses his body better than almost anybody in the league. You look at how many catches that Delaney just squares his shoulders back to the or back to the line of scrimmage, boxes guys out, and gets the catch through contact. I mean, that's, that's Delaney Walker's entire career right there. That's why he's great is because he does that so fantastically well. He does that at an elite level. If Corey Davis gets to that point, Corey Davis will get to a level where he's considered, you know, one of the better wide receivers in the league. Right now, he just doesn't do it at a high enough percentage. Tossett Sharp was excellent in this game. Seven catches on nine targets, 101 yards, 
Deion Lewis continues to be a weapon in the passing game. He was uh, 6 of 6 for 64 yards. Derrick Henry even got in the mix with uh, two catches for 32 yards. Um, Luke Stalker, he just seems so solid. He seems he catches every ball thrown to him. He doesn't blow the top off. He isn't going to get you huge gains. But he's a guy that they can depend on on third down. And, you know, in this game, 2 for 2, 11 yards. We didn't see much of Taewon Taylor. Only one catch on two targets. Um, you know, didn't see a whole lot of him. Corey Davis, as I said, 3 of 7 for 10 yards. Wasn't a good game for him. Tajay really stepped up in this game. So, I mean, big hats off to Tajay. We need him to keep growing. And I'm not against it. I'm definitely not. I think I think he's a guy that if he does grow, like, awesome. We need it. And he played very well in this game. It was a, his best game of his career and definitely a great showing. Um, running the ball was hard in this game. Deion Lewis was really impressive. 13 carries, 91 yards on a 7 uh, per yard per carry clip. Marcus did some things with his legs uh, to get 38 yards at a 5.4 clip. But Derrick Henry, man, 12 carries, 33 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. Henry's a big guy, and he's this hesitation. I've talked about it throughout his career, and I'm not the only one that has mentioned this. He hesitates too much. He hesitates like a small back, like a, like a Le'Veon Bell, which works for a Le'Veon Bell. Because when he hesitates and moves, does that little jump cut sideways, he's hard to see. He's a little guy. He's hard to see. You lose him in the offensive line. So linebackers can't come up and fill the gap and make a play because they're not sure where the gap is. They're not sure where Le'Veon Bell's going to pop out. And then he uses his speed and his agility to make guys mix and, and to gain extra yards. Yeah, sorry, yards. Derrick Henry's not that guy. No one's losing sight of Derrick Henry on a football field. He's 6'3", like 250 pounds. He, he's got to run more north and south. We gotta, he's got to get out of this hesitation and run north and south. He's a big guy. He's got to go. You know, Look at, like, Eddie George. Eddie George didn't make cuts or make guys miss in the backfield a ton. He made guys miss in the second level. But that first level, he plowed through. And, and we need Derrick Henry to run more like that. He's a big physical back. And I know he's got burner speed for how big he is. He really does. That, like, five, four or five speed for his size is unreal. But we, he needs to get north and south more. Quit hesitating. Get upfield. Especially with an interior offensive line that is not doing well. He needs to be able to get north and south faster. And less hesitation and more getting upfield faster. Um, that's been a problem. And we'll talk about you know him being on the trade block a little bit later when we talk about um, you know the end of uh, the trade deadline. But, and this game was not impressive. Two guys that really did impress me are a few guys here. First, Darius Jennings. It has to be said, folks. The guy is doing well on kick returns. It was a big point in this game. Five returns for 156 yards, 31.2 average with a long of 37. What that tells you is when his long is not that high over his average that he did it consistently well throughout the game. He got us good returns every time that he was kicked to. He got us good returns. That's big. That's a big thing. He, always ha he already has a touchdown on the year. It's big. Uh, that he played really well in this game. Um, as always, Brett Kern, our punter, really good in this game. He only had two punts. Um, both of them 
you know, right around the 50-yard mark. Both of them were good punts. You know, from our deep in our own territory, got us out, got got the Chargers in a, in a tougher situation. Uh, really, special teams as a whole has really stepped up. This one suck up missing that field goal hurt, but you look at their return numbers; they're not impressive. You know, we we really really stepped up um, when it when it comes to punt returns and kick returns really stopping them, which was a problem for us. Special teams as a whole played pretty well. Um, you know, Jarrell Casey, I love talking about I love watching Jarrell Casey play football. The intelligence, the power, the speed, it's just all, it all comes together in a perfect package. In my opinion, they're outside of one player. <laughs> this is the best interior defensive lineman in the league. Outside of one guy, and you have to give it up to Aaron Donald. The guys, how disruptive Aaron Donald is cannot be ignored. His number, he puts up defensive end numbers at the defensive tackle position. Outside of him, it's Jarrell Casey. What Jarrell Casey is able to do on the interior of a defensive line is just amazing. And he can do it from every position. Uh, I'm really impressed with the young guys. You know, Correa had half a sack in this game. One and a half tackles for a loss. Um... In limited fashion, the guy doesn't play a ton of snaps, but he comes in and, and makes plays. You gotta love that. Uh, Jayon Brown was our leading tackler in this game and has been for most of our games. Has really become a do-it-all, and I've I've said this I feel like eight episodes in a row now. Uh, but Jayon Brown, it just it's nice to see him really become that do-it-all linebacker. When I didn't think he could, I honestly thought. When we got him, this is a guy that's going to help out in the pass, and that is it. But he's stepped out and helped in the run. He helps in uh, the pass rush. Jayon Brown's really becoming a well-rounded linebacker, and it's fun to watch. Um, especially because it was a surprise for me. I didn't think it would happen. I, I, I thought that his performance was great, and, uh, and, and it has been steadily great throughout the season. Really excited to see him become the player I didn't think he had the capability to become. Mariota, Mariota played all right. You know, it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't, you know, blow your mind good. He played all right. You know, he's he's playing with with a busted offensive line in the interior. He's playing with a running game that's stagnant. There's there's a lot of pressure put on his shoulders. From a play call standpoint, they rely on him. From not having offensive weapons. And also, you know, he has like the media pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on Marcus. And he plays well. He was 24 for 32, 237 yards. One touchdown, one pick. And two sacks. Um, wasn't a bad game. It just... that The one pick, like, you know, you wish you could have back. I know Marcus wishes he could have that back. But overall... Definitely not a bad game. And and he put us in a position to win late in the football game, which is what Marcus does better than anyone. And it did suck to see him throw his first career pick in the red zone. But still, for most of his career, he's been really great in the red zone. You know, the last this year, last year, we struggled to score in the red zone, which has been a problem, is, is getting the ball in the end zone. 
but he doesn't make mistakes in the red zone, and he made his first one, which really, it was a great play uh, by a defensive lineman, that heads-up play, and, a, and then it was just a tip drill. So, I, I would, and it was a timing route, so it's just Marcus hikes it and throws it. You know, it, it's not like he was reading much. It's a, it's a timing route. You hike it, and you throw it. And the guy was there, you know. He, he was there if, if that lineman uh, wouldn't have knocked it down. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was um, Ingram that knocked it, that tipped the ball. We had, I think it was Luke Stalker out there. He was there. It would have been a completion. It just, you know, the guy made a great play on the ball. So I really don't blame Marcus too much for it. The play calling uh, mixed with just a good play by, by a defensive player. And sometimes you're going to have that. Just a good play by a defensive player. But besides that, Marcus played well, put us in a position to win late in the game. Now, let's talk about the big point in this game. Going for two at the end of the game to try to win it, rather than send it to overtime. A lot of people I've seen have had a lot of uh, hate for this call, do not like the call. I love it. I love it. You don't play football to tie. You play football to win. This is a team that we were struggling to stop on all or in defense. They had big playability. And you don't have much time, so if they win the the kick or they win the coin toss, they get the ball first, and they drive down the field and do a slow, methodical drive. You only have you have to go in a two-minute drill to get down the field, to to kick a field goal or to score a touchdown. It puts a lot of pressure on your offense and an offense that hasn't been playing amazing. You know we haven't been. In this game, we played well. You know, but in the last couple of weeks, we have not. I love the call. I would have made the same call, and I think that it was a good call. It, it sucks that it didn't happen. It sucks that Marcus didn't see Deion Lewis on the first play because he was by himself. Um, I wish we would have used Marcus's legs more. To me, like that was a perfect time for a bootleg play. Get Marcus more time. If Marcus doesn't see anything, he'll have a chance to run it in, uh, or he can run a guy open, which we've seen Marcus do. Marcus plays that point guard position so well, running guys open. Um, to me, I think I, I would do that all the time in the red zone. If I had Marcus Mariota, I'm doing that all the time in the red zone. I don't think we'd do it enough. With his, the way he runs the ball, effectively as he runs the ball, how he runs guys open, it's the, it's the best part of his game. I don't know why we don't use it as much. But anyway, I don't hate the call at all. I thought it was a good choice. To go out there and go after the win. And not play to tie. Play to win. And not take a dangerous team into overtime. You know, this isn't hockey where you get like a, you know you get at one point for an overtime loss. There's nothing. It's win or lose in the NFL. And he went for the win. And I have no problems with it. I have no qualms with that. It was a good choice. It was a tough loss against a tough opponent. And, you know, putting us below 500 hurts. You know, setting at 3-4 and four right now, it hurts. And we'll talk about the AFC South in a minute and what it means. But we played well. You know, we didn't have a lot of... I didn't have a lot of faith in this team. After what we did with the Bills. And then what we did with the Ravens. This game against the Chargers. Against a good team where we lost by one point. Where we had a chance to win on the last play. I was impressed by the what we did. This gave me hope for this team. What we did against the Bills and Ravens had really stripped all hope that I had. Or not all hope, but a lot of it was gone. What we did against the Chargers, I was like, alright, this team's back. That was a good football game. We, we played well against a very good football team. You know, this is a team that... It's not getting a lot of press, but the Chargers are fucking good, man. 
This is a good football team. You saw what they did this week. Again, another win. Rivers is playing outstanding. And Melvin Gordon playing outstanding. That defense really stepping up, and even without their best player. I was impressed. This gave me hope going into this week against the Cowboys. It gave me hope for what this Titans team can do now and can do for the rest of the season. So, you know, it sucked to lose. It sucked to lose the way we did. But we made a good call against a tough team, and it just didn't work out. Let's real quick talk about this trade deadline, um, which happened last week. So there's two main points I want to talk about. First, we'll talk about the possible moving of Derrick Henry. Uh, there's obviously talk out there that Titans were shopping him. Um, you know, I've always gone by the, the theory that every player is up for sale at all times. The price has to be there, though. And and I think that the Titans are seeing that how ineffective that Derrick Henry's been. They think maybe that a team would sell high on him because he's young, because he has shown glimpses of great success, uh, because he has dominated in fourth quarters early in his career that they might be able to get more for him than they think he's worth right now. And then it wasn't, the deal wasn't there, and they went away from it. I have no problem with teams, with us shopping players. It doesn't mean that that player's done. You know, how many times have we seen a guy almost get shopped, and then he comes back? They're, they're, it doesn't mean that Derrick Henry's done, his career's done, we're going to quit using him. None of that is true at all. It just means that we thought we could get more for him than we thought he was worth. John Robinson's a wheeler and a dealer. We know that. Everybody that's a Titans fan knows that. John Robinson makes moves, and that he was just trying to make a move. They thought that they could sell him for more than they thought he was worth. And and it didn't happen. Um, I think that Derrick Henry still has a future with this team. I still think Derrick Henry's a good running back. I just think he has to iron some stuff out, and our offensive line has to get better on the inside. You know, that's, that's right now why Derrick Henry's not having success, is he doesn't run the ball downhill. And our interior offensive line is getting beat too regularly. And that's why I think Deion Lewis has had success, is he's a small, shifty guy. So he can make those hesitation, hesitation moves when a guy gets pushed back into him. He can make those quick jump cuts and find the hole. Derrick Henry can't do that. He's too big. He just can't do that. It's too easy to get a hand on him. But of course, we keep Derrick Henry and we don't move him. And uh, and if we would have moved him for the right price, I wouldn't have been upset about it. John Robinson has shown nothing but intelligence when it comes to move. How much? How many of us hated that move uh, when we picked up Dennis Kelly? Uh, everybody hated that trade. It ended up being amazing for us. Amazing trade. Great, great the whole way through. You know, it was an amazing trade. It was an amazing move. So I, you know, if we would have moved him, I would have would been fine with it. I, John Robinson has my faith. And and if he he should have yours as well, and I'd be um, surprised to hear anybody talk bad about him. The guy's done great things for this franchise. But the other problem that I had in um, the trade deadline is we saw guys move. We saw wide receivers move, folks. We have seen a couple wide receivers change hands, um, and we didn't do anything. We have money, we have draft currency, and we didn't do anything. That bothers me. This team obviously has a problem at the wide receiver position. And we're not making moves to go out and get somebody. It's aggravating to see because this is a team that could be a playoff team. And we're playing ourselves out of that position. Getting a guy like a Golden Tate or getting a guy that's a veteran receiver that's really good. 
Uh, getting a guy even like Dez to bring in, to mentor Corey Davis and to help us out for a year is a great move, and we just haven't made anything happen. And I understand, I, I, I think that John Robinson's not going to make a move that he doesn't like, that he thinks he's losing the deal. And that's good. That's a good move. But right now, I, I would rather lose a deal and have a wide receiver that could help us win than you win the deal for now. Because I think that pushes us to a playoff team. And right now, we're borderline. And, and I think getting a good receiver to come in here that can help out Marcus, that can help out this offense, pushes us to a playoff team. So I have a problem with us not making a move. That upset me. Let's go ahead and take a look at the AFC South now. Texans setting on top at 6-3. and three. Really caught fire lately. They're on a six-game winning streak. Uh, Titans setting at 3-4. and four, And the Colts and Jags tied for last place at 3-5. and five. Um, It's not looking great right now. You know, being, being this far back. You know, it, it's not where we want to be right now. Um, but... We still have uh, still have a good shot, and we still have wild card hopes alive, and still the division is still alive. There is it's a tall order, you know, being this far back this early in the season. It's a tall order, but it's not undoable. You know, being back three games is not undoable for the rest of the season. The season's still young, and our schedule really lines up for us perfectly for the rest of the season. Outside of this Patriots game and then the tough game we have tonight against the Cowboys. You know, for the, the Texans, they still have to play us. They still have to play um, the Eagles, which they have not played yet. Which is going to be a tough game for them to win. Uh, they still have to play, obviously, the Jaguars um, and the Redskins, who have a good team. The Texans are getting hot at the right time, though, and their schedule's not difficult because they finished in the bottom of the of the division last year. So they're going to get the Browns, where we got the Ravens. You know, they're 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 going to get lighter teams, um, but the easy part of their schedule has been played. For the most part, it's over. They have tough games coming up, but we got to win football games, folks. The Texans aren't going to lose a ton. The Redskins is a hard matchup. The Texans are still going to be the favorite. They have to play us, and we have to win that game. Against the Texans, we have to win that game, and that's big. I don't see the Browns upsetting the Texans. The Colts are going to be a tricky matchup. Houston doesn't play well against the Colts in recent times. Um, you know, this year they obviously won, but last year they did not play well against the Colts, and they barely beat the Colts this year. So they have to play the Colts again. Uh, they have to play the Eagles and the Jaguars. And hopefully the Jaguars figure out enough to be able to beat them in that last week. But we got to start winning football games here, folks. And it, and at least to play ourselves into a wild card spot. We have to win games now. We got to start putting it together. What hurts us right now in the wild card standings is there's only two teams ahead of us, which is nice. But what hurts us is both of those teams ahead of us we have losses against, the Dolphins and Ravens. So we have to get above them. We can't tie these teams. We have to get above them. So the Dolphins and Ravens are two teams we're going to have to watch out for. The positive side, though, the Ravens did not look good this week against the Steelers, picked up a loss. The Dolphins end up winning, but they're they're not looking great. Um, 
you know, with no Tannehill, this this isn't a team that looks good. And they're not going to have a tough time winning games down the stretch. But to get up there, we're a game behind the Ravens, two games behind the Dolphins. We have to start winning. We have to start winning. We have to get wins now. We have to get ahead of the curve. Because um, we, we have to finish above those teams. We can't tie them and get in. We have to finish above those teams. Or we got to win our division. <clears throat> um, so, you know, it's still murky. There's still a lot of time left. You know, we're talking about, you know, right now in the season, this week is week nine. So we're, we're at the halfway point. A lot of football left. A lot of football. This will be our eighth game on the year. So this is after tonight. We're halfway through our season. We gotta we gotta start winning football games, stringing wins together, and it's definitely possible. Everything's still open. I've seen a lot of people get down. Everything's still open. It's not like those teams are unbeatable. You know, we pro- we probably should have beaten the Dolphins. Just their chippy, really dirty play led us to injuries that were hard to come overcome. And hard to get back in. And we lost some games that we definitely shouldn't, like the Bills, that put us behind. But if we play well, especially playing well in the division, we're still undefeated in the division. If we continue that, which the Colts don't look impressive, we've got two games against them. The Jags don't look look like they've gotten worse since we beat them. And we have the Texans. And we already have a win against the Texans. We've proven already that we can beat this team. So we just got to go out there and do it again. We got to go out there and play great football and, and, and win games and string wins together. And it's as simple as that. Now I want to talk a little bit about uh, the bye week. I'm going to quit repeating myself. We already know. We got to win football games. So let's talk about this bye week before we start talking about this Cowboys team. So going into the bye week here, uh, you come off of an impressive performance against a really good team in which you lost on the last play of the game. And then you're going to go up Monday night. So we get an extra little, an extra day to prepare for this Monday night game in Dallas against the Cowboys. Um, at, at this point in the, in the year, I really can't say that this is a must-win football game. But it's not far from a must-win football game. It's not. We, we have to start stringing wins together. I've said it 30 times now. It's, it's getting close to that point where it's a must-win game. So going into this bye week... We know that we got to start turning this team around. We know that we have two tough games in a row before the season opens up for us and becomes a lot easier. But even when it becomes easier, <clears throat> like it did last year, the end of our schedule was easy. We went through the tough part of it, fantastic, and then shit the bed in the easy section of our season. We can't afford to do that. We have to come out ready to play every game um, and, and, and you have to not overlook games like against the Colts, Jets, Redskins, um, Giants. They're, a lot of these teams, um, the Redskins, uh, the Giants, the Jets, they have things on their teams to like. They, have, they do things well. They're mediocre teams, but they do things well. The Colts in this boat as well. Um, like the Colts have a good passing game. They just turn over the ball a little bit too much, and their defense is soft. The Giants have a guy like Odu, Eldo Beckham Jr. that can take the top off, which is a weakness for us. So you have to come out and you have to play these games tough. Like the Redskins don't blow you away, but they can lead a long drive. So we have to play well in these games. Um, 
But going into this bye week, I think that the Titans had to work on a lot of stuff. We had to get this offensive play calling, so we do what's best for Marcus. I feel like this has been a hard thing for coaches to figure out early in his career. And I think why a big reason why you've seen so much coaching turnover is we're not getting guys that do what's best for Marcus. Getting him in a position where he's comfortable, getting him in a position to win football games, and I don't think it's that difficult. Get him on bootlegs. Let him do stuff with his legs. Let him open up plays with his legs. Get him more time. Bootlegs is a perfect way to do that. Get Marcus to where he can get more time in the pocket, more time to make moves, more time to get guys open. And when you see him do that, he makes big plays. Um, I, I think we need to really start using the few weapons that we have effectively. We've got to start figuring out how to get Corey Davis open more often. And screen plays is not the answer. I hope you're listening to this very Vrabel and LaFleur. I hope you guys are listening to me right now. Screen plays is not the answer. He's too big of a guy. He's not that fast. That's the thing that you can do with, like, Taewon Taylor. Let's not do it with Corey Davis. Let's get him out. Get him down the field. Get him where he can use his body. Get him on comeback routes. Get him on out routes. This is where he can use his body to make plays. Because that's what he is good at. We just have to get him in a position where he can. Um, Getting Taewon Taylor in open space. Using Deion Lewis. I think we need to just do what's best to get what little weapons we have involved in the football game. Um, this, I think, is a perfect time to start inter- reintroducing uh, Doherty Jackson back into the offense. Those little gadget plays that we have ran with him went for big yardage. Let's do that again. Let's bring him back into the fold as an offensive player. Uh, I, I, don't, I think it's a mistake we're not using him. And, and there is the risk. You can't overuse him. But using him one or two plays a game, I think we should do. I think you should, like three plays a game, you should run two plays to him and one fake. To pull the defense to get him uh, to get open lanes in the passing game. I think we should be doing stuff like that. And and we're not. We definitely aren't. So, getting using our weapons, I think, is going to be something that they were looking at. I I think, obviously, fixing the problem with the deep ball is is the biggest part of the offense. Or sorry, the defense. The problem that we have with the deep ball needs to be fixed. And getting guys into positions where they can make plays on the defense. Using the, the blitz more effectively. Using these young guys that have been playing so well. Um, doing that. And I, I think bringing guys, more guys that you bring in. Not only does it put more pressure on the quarterback, but it allows Jarrell Casey to do more. When Jarrell Casey gets one-on-one with an interior offensive lineman, that's a, that's a matchup that... Casey's going to win 99 times out of 100. And I threw 99 in on purpose. And so, you know, I'm going to pat my back a little bit on that one. <laughs> but he is, he's going to win those matchups. So I think we need to blitz more often. And I know that opens up is going to open up lane in the passing game. But against a quarterback like Dak Prescott, get it contained blitzes where we don't let him run, that's going to be something that we need to get done. That's going to be, especially now, we're going to see Amari Cooper... They still have like talent on that, and that wide receiving core. There's guys that can make big plays, so you have to be careful. But we need to blitz more often than we are. I mean, it's simple as that. You have guys like Correa, like Landry, um, like Crookshanks that can make plays when they come in on a blitz. And too often we do three, four man rushes and just let quarterbacks set in the pocket, <clears throat> and that killed us in that game against the Chargers. Every touchdown pass that um, that Rivers had in that game 
was a four-man rush. Every touchdown pass was a four-man rush, and all of them went for big yardage. It's because Rivers had forever in the pocket to decide what he wanted to do. We can't do that with Dak. Dak's not the level of quarterback that Rivers is, but he is a guy that if you let him set six seconds in the pocket, he's going to destroy you. And with the weapons that they have now, and then the addition of, a, uh, of Amari Cooper, I mean, we can hope that Amari Cooper drops those balls, and he probably will, but you can't let guys like Tavon Austin get loosely on this team. He's a guy that's a burner. You can't let guys like that make plays. And the best way to do that is to not let the ball out of Prescott's hand. Force him to make mistakes. Um, and then <clears throat> now we're already talking about this Cowboys game, so let's dive right into it. The other big thing is they have a guy that's arguably the best running back in the league. And, uh, and Zeke. And we're going to have to figure out how to stop him. And we haven't been good against the run this year. I've, I've said it a million times, but it's the loss of Avery Williamson. It's not a shocker. We had the best run-stopping linebacker in the league, and now we don't. And now, and we went last year where we shut down everybody on the run, to this year we can't stop anybody. It's not, there's no surprises here, but we have to figure out a way to limit Zeke. We, it's not like if he has a 100-yard game, we're not going to lose. We've seen this team struggle to put the ball in the end zone even when Zeke has good games. <clears throat> but we have to limit his effectiveness, put as much of the game as we can into Dak Prescott's hand, and make Dak beat us. And if we do that, we win this football game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, this is a very underrated defense that the Cowboys have. They have a very good pass rush. They have guys like Uze that, that he's a guy that can make plays. He's, he's a guy that's not getting talked about enough, but he's a good corner. And he'll make plays on you if you allow him. The one benefit is, is they're a little bit small at the corner position. This is a game where Corey Davis should have a big game. This is a game where we should lean on Corey Davis a little more. Um, and we need him to make plays. Because he, as big as he is, it's a big mismatch. I think we got to take shots more often. I think it's something that we haven't been doing. We did well against the Chargers game. I think we did a good job of it. But you got to take shots more often. Uh, Marcus doesn't have a cannon, but Marcus is accurate as shit in deep passes. You know, we see him throw the ball deep. He's accurate as fuck. We need to allow him to get in those positions where he has enough time to throw deep passes. Get guys like Sharp, <clears throat> who is pretty nasty over the middle of the field. Get guys like Taewon Taylor, who's a burner, down the field. Uh, I think it's a good time to really get... And I fucking... If I say this one more time, the Titans just don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm going to do, guys. John U. Smith, he's a weapon. Use him. The kid is electrifying in the open field. He has good hands. He runs clean routes. Use him. We don't use him nearly enough, and we're going to Luke Stalker, who has been really solid for us, but we got to get John U. Smith. And that's a good guy to screen to as well. Even though he's big, he's deceptively fast, and he's smart in the open field. He runs to where his blocks are, and he gets down the field. You know, we've seen it quite a few times. His first career touchdown was that 18-yard run off of that screen pass. He, he runs with his blockers well. He's got amazing field vision. Use that. I, I don't understand why we're not using him more in the game than we are. Um, I like Luke Stalker, but he's a guy that's going to catch the ball right where he is, and that's as many yards as he's getting. He's not gonna guy. He's not a guy that's gonna blow down the field or, or get you yards after the catch. Jonu Smith is that guy. Um, some keys to the game for me: the more that Dak has the ball, 
the more the the higher percentage win probability that the Titans have. So big key, slowing down Zeke, getting this team in the long third downs. And that Zeke's another guy you gotta cover in the passing game. They love to use Zeke in the passing game, and he's really good in the passing game. So this is a great opportunity, in my opinion, is I'm going to bring down Kevin Byard. I want Kevin Byard running with Zeke on a lot of plays. And a lot of long third downs, I want Kevin Byard on Zeke. And that limits what you can do over the top, but this is a team that doesn't throw over the top well anyway. Dak's not a guy that throws down the field well. So if you keep another safety back, you're running a dime set, and you keep guys over the top, pull Bayard down, it's a great opportunity to, to limit what they can do with Zeke in the passing game. Listen, this Cowboys team also has a problem with wide receiver talent. But don't, don't believe that that means that there's guys that won't make plays. Because there definitely are. Tavon Austin in the open field is deadly. Cole Beasley in the open field, deadly. And Cole Beasley's a guy that's hard to cover because he's a burner. Amari Cooper's a guy, we've seen it his whole career. He has troubles with drop passes, but he is a guy that will get open and catch and make plays. So, a big key. Forcing Dak, the ball into Dak's hands, and then making him beat us. I think time of possession is going to be a key factor in this game. I think whoever wins time of possession is likely going to win the game. Because this is two teams that their offense struggle to score. So limiting the offense's opportunities to get on the field, whoever sustains drives is likely going to win this game. Uh, so time of possession is my second one. And then <clears throat> after that, my third key to this game is to take advantage of big plays. You know, with two offenses like this that struggle, two defenses that are going to be have plus matchups. Like, our defense is better than our offense, and their defense is better than our offense. So take advantage of big plays when you can get them. You know, this is a, a perfect game to get a Dory Jackson a touch. This is a perfect game to start implementing some more stuff down the field. Like I said earlier, get guys down the field, because... One big play against two struggling offenses is the difference between a win and a loss. Most times. So that's going to be a key, is getting down the field, making big plays, and taking advantage of the opportunities you have to make a big play. So that means not dropping passes in the end zone. Not dropping deep passes where Marcus puts it right on a dime. Which has been a big problem for us this year, is drop passes. Especially on plays where Marcus makes shit happen. Um... <clears throat> Another thing I've noticed is uh, this Dallas... I wouldn't say this is a key, but maybe like a, a sub-key is uh, this Dallas team doesn't do well against quarterbacks that move. Um, especially rolling out to the right, which we should use. Marcus is a guy that can tear you apart with his feet. He's a guy that can tear you apart by throwing guys open, by running guys open. And getting him on a bootleg where he can do all of those things at once is deadly. So I think that's something that we should use in this game. Overall, they're a tough football team. Despite what their record says, that's, this is a good football team. They're, it's not going to be an easy win. We have to go out there and perform. Um, but this is an easier matchup than we had last week. I mean, it is. The Chargers are a much better team than the Cowboys are. <clears throat> so we have a chance. We, we put that Chargers team on their backs and, and had a chance to win on the last play of the game. If we can do that against the Chargers, we can beat the Cowboys. We can beat every team that we have left on our schedule, outside of maybe the Patriots. I mean, just being honest, 
that's probably a loss. We'd have to come out and play amazing football. But outside of that Patriots game, there's no team that is better than the Chargers. And we played them to the last play of the game. So this team has to have that confidence that we can win out. You know, this, this Patriots team is the only team that we should be afraid of on the rest of our schedule. So going into this game, it's going to be hard. Um, traveling to Dallas, you know, that's the place that sells out. It's the biggest stadium in the league. They always have, they always, you know, crush everybody else in the league when it comes to attendance. It's not an easy place to play. This is a, a good team. But we have to come out and we have to perform well. And we have to be able to stop this team. We have to be able to stop Zeke, force the ball into Dak Prescott's hand, and then not let him beat us. So we'll see what happens. Obviously tonight, uh, 7.15 um, Central Time is kickoff for that game. Uh, I'm going to be live tweeting during the game if you want to check that out, at TTU Podcast um, throughout the entire game. Um, overall, though, the, there's... It just this is a season of missed opportunities, folks. It, it is with the dropped passes, with not picking up a wide receiver, with you know everything that's happened. It's been the season of missed opportunity so far. I'd like to see, obviously, I'd like to see the Titans end that and and start picking up these opportunities and have it be the season of a changing tide rather than the season of missed opportunity. And it all starts tonight with a big win over Dallas. This is where the rest of the season starts. We had our bye week. How are we going to play after that? How are we going to finish this season? And <clears throat> it, it starts tonight. Tonight's the first statement for the second half of the season. Do the Titans come out and play well, get a win against a good team? Or do the Titans continue to miss opportunities? That's all I have this week. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening. Thanks to everybody that makes this show possible. We'll be back uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, probably Wednesday, uh, will be the next next episode to recap this hopefully win over uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and obviously, like I've been saying, uh, look out for episode 100. Just a couple episodes away, going to try to put some big stuff together. So again, thanks to everybody out there listens. Thanks to everybody that makes this show possible. Special thanks to guys like Tyler Musson, uh, who do a lot behind the scenes to help out the show. Uh, special thanks to Darren, who does a ton of shit, like all the social media stuff and a lot of that stuff behind behind the scenes. Um, uh, shout out to him. So let's go in. Let's get a big win over Dallas. And, and let's start the rest of the season off on the right foot. Tighten up. Yeah. Uh. Tone, the podcast, it's the livest Every week we talking about them Tennessee Titans Better tune in, it's the podcast you want Hosted by my big homie Ryan Moreland Mariota throwing bombs he don't ever miss Malcolm Butler hold it down with the pick six Talking stats and plays, what's happening? Derrick Henry, Dory Jackson, this where we get it cracking Yeah, Tennessee Titans podcast Two-tone, ayy, tune in